Better podcast. I'm Jim and I'm Guy, and this is a show where we take a classic song and try to find five songs that are better than it using a specific theme. Uh, those of you uh, normal listeners to the show, regular listeners to the show, not normal, uh, regular <laughs> listeners to the show will be aware of the premise. Uh, those of you who aren't will probably pick it up as we go along because it's pretty straightforward. And then what we do, we take it in turns to come up with a uh, song that we think is better, and the other person is the arbitrary judge. Uh, we have had a few fights in the past um, which I still think I'm right but we'll get over that at one point <laughs> um, so yes uh, to find songs and to discuss where they're better we use our extensive musical knowledge that we've gained over the last 40 odd years um, or we might just talk a load of old cobblers and, and laugh a lot and make silly jokes about things which has happened quite often um, both of these approaches have their merits um, and uh, you know we'll see how we go so <clears throat> okay handing over to you guy tell us what song have we got today yeah certainly well first of all arbitrary judge I like that it's nice nice phrase good line, yeah really like good that. line yeah Thanks. not sure I'm not quite convinced by you <coughs> being anything other than just what you are um it's in git <laughs> um but yeah today we're looking at obviously every episode we look at a classic song and we are looking at a major classic and it's done actually in sort of a tribute to the late great uh, Meat Life, yeah. um, who died recently, and so we're looking at obviously his iconic song. We're going to hear it right now for a few seconds. It is Bat Out. Here we go, Bat Out of Hell, uh, Meat Loaf, obviously from the 1977 album with the same name. Uh, we mentioned actually Jim, Jim Stein, who Steinman, sorry, who mm. co wrote it with him. Uh, he died about a year, it a year ago, Jim? Or yeah, we did, yeah, yeah. I'm losing track of time. But anyway, certainly we mentioned him uh, recently. And yeah, big, big song. I mean, rock opera, I'm not a fan of. I think you can probably therefore sense where I'm going to go with this as a, an approach to my songs tonight. And certainly my love of them as opposed to this. Um, I just find it a bit dramatic. Too, sort of too dramatic and too operatic. And I guess... That is the genre, so it's not like um, it's just not my genre, I guess, yeah. is what I'm saying, and, I, and therefore I'm a little bit prejudiced to the song. It takes forever to get going, it's like it two minutes before anything kicks off. It takes forever to get going, and it takes forever to finish. In the in the original album version, it's about 13 minutes long, it's like, it's right, it's one of the American Pie bloody goes on forever. Uh, this, uh, I've got a strange relationship with this song. This song, um, we my dad was on ship when this song was uh came out when this album came out and he was on ship and they were in America and so uh he picked it up in America and obviously this is the late 70s early 80s and he picked it up in America and brought it back home so we had this album in our house a full sort of six months to a year before anybody else okay. that we knew so we were, we, we you know we all felt we were a bit cutting edge with the old meatloaf albums that is for <laughs> this one uh Bat of Hell and Dead Ringers we had in the um with all the artwork and everything on uh, in in the house, so yeah, I've been listening to this song for a long time. <laughs> so you've had this since probably well, yeah, it's 1977 album. Yeah. So um, first single oh, it was released a single in 1979, re-released again 1993, which I think is the yeah. anything for love kind of era, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's got to be the same kind yeah, of era, yeah, isn't yeah, it? it? So was, sort of yeah. 90s. Um, 
I don't dislike him. I actually quite like Meatloaf, yeah, no, uh, and I like him as an I like him as an actor. Obviously, he did Fight Club, um, and I think he did some stage plays as well. I think, I think he kind of went down that route, which I, which I suppose fits into the idea he's quite operatic and he's a showman yeah. and he's a he is a performer, um, and a good look, iconic. Yeah, iconic. Big. I love the frilly shirt and the long hair, and the, I love uh, anyone that sings sweat so much they need a hanky uh, to dab their forehead. <laughs> he has a hit, he's got a winner in my. He's book. got a hint of Mike McShane from Who's <laughs> Lines. He's got a big hint of Mike McShane with straighter hair. Um, but yeah, so it's um, that's 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 our song, isn't it? So we're looking at any songs we think are better than that. Uh, and yeah. what's the theme, Jim? Well, the theme is uh, being as there's a bat, we went quite easy and went with <laughs> simplistic uh, songs with animals in which there are flipping hundreds. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I found it really. I mean, obviously, you could go straight to. I mean, some of the Beatles, quite a lot of the Beatles songs are yeah. mentioned an animal, but um, we've also mentioned. I think we mentioned Blackbird a couple of episodes ago, so I'm not going to go down that route. So I've kind of gone and tried to go a little bit left field. Yeah, I've done the same. I've actually spanned the era as well. I've got stuff from the 50s all the way through to stuff from the 2000 oh, wow. 2010s. Um, so I've really uh, gone out there. I tried to find stuff that was a little bit strange. I think that's part of that is in homage to the mighty Meatloaf because I think his... It's like you're saying, it's not, it's not quite... It's rock and roll, but it's rock and roll with a keyboard. It's rock and roll in that kind of theatrical style mm. and uh it's uh it, it's odd because it's really kind of heavy motorcycle hell's angels mm. sort of yeah they, they have a motorcycle it. don't they come yeah c- cuts in a heart, <laughs> and the artwork the on the albums and everything is very like um it's very similar to the stuff that iron maiden were putting mm. on their on their album covers so he's very much there in the in the zeitgeist of heavy metal heavy rock but yeah. is very much I'm going to throw in a keyboard and, and kind of sit, <laughs> well, it, sing it, really well. It goes a bit kind of prog rocky with its sound, with the kind yeah. of almost the Hammond organ or um, whichever one the organ is that comes in. But, um, but you're right, he kind of, yeah, he is that. Actually, the artwork's quite iconic, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, the Bat Out of Hell obviously suggests it's some sort of kind of demonic kind of um, yeah. sort of sort of style to the sort of the piece. Um, and with the sort of the rock operas, which reminds me a bit of Yes, so the prog rock goes on forever. Like all their kind of songs yeah. and tracks kind of tend to kind of just verge into the sort of double digits. Um, yeah, and he also he didn't he loved he loved a long song even like later in the nineties. He still went on. Yeah, is, is it? Oh well, anything for love. He, he, there's <laughs> he lot of things. Do anything. <laughs> lot, and he made sure he mentioned most of them. Right, one of the things I did wonder with this song is is this. The, the, the phrase better of hell does it come from this song uh, does it come into the vernacular from this song or was it something that was there before and he's embraced that and used it because I remember mum, my mum used to say things like you know guys driven along that road like a bat out of hell he has down there and I wonder uh, I don't know I, I don't know maybe someone I don't, no I don't know, know it sounds that. like it could be from some sort of I don't know Milton kind of paradise lost Maybe not that early, but no. uh, something. Well, also, Paradise Lost is the angels, so there's no bats coming out of hell. It's the it's Lucifer's downfall. Okay. I don't think it's suddenly Lucifer's the thrown bat. down to earth and the bats come with Maybe him. the bat. Might have had a friendly bat. <laughs> Could have been the. Uh, the uh, what's, it, what's the uh, owl in uh, Harry Potter called? Um, who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Hedgewig, not who cares. <laughs> who. Uh, uh, 10 cc, they didn't like cricket. There's a bat in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus fucking hell. 
Lord save us from this hell. Booze talk, booze talk. What you drinking tonight? So then, what are we, what are we drinking tonight, Jim? Right. Well, this is uh, this is a pale ale. Uh, it's original ale. I thought it said organic, but it actually says original. Six um, X, uh, which is crafted in Wiltshire. Wiltshire, sorry. It's uh, it's very nice actually. I quite like it. It's, it's called refreshingly balanced bitter. But um, yeah, it's fairly drinkable. Well, it's very drinkable to be fair. Um, so well done to them. Woodworth seem to be the uh, the makers of this. What do you think of it? It's not it's not bad actually. It's kind of um, what I'm not a fan of. God, I'm so negative tonight. What's going on with me? I know. What's your problem, oh, Jesus man? Christ! I'm not laughing at any of your supposed jokes. Um, <laughs> so, I'm not a big fan of the uh, sort of the packaging and the, the sort of the look of it. It's yeah, it looks a bit boring, isn't it? It's sort of navy blue. Sorry if you're listening, Woodworth. You are. You're not listening. Um, yeah. It just looks a bit kind of like, you know, you got The Apprentice and they say, right, oh, you've got to design an ale. I think this is what they've done. <laughs> this is the bad version of it. I, don't know, I, th- I feel it looks like some other ones. It, it just looks a bit kind of like um, sort of corporate kind of ale you find in a hotel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, six times? Six times what? I don't know. I'm not going to condemn it. I thought it was quite yeah, nice okay, to no. drink. It tastes uh, all right, I suppose. But it's fine. But, um, <clears throat> but we're, we're, yeah, we're in a... Uh, bar in east london called in patchworks which is in Leighton, and we were supposed to get some uh sort of draft beer but that's that's off isn't it it's off <laughs> so we're going to be drink, drinking bottles of this wadworth but they did have now. draft lager which we could have done okay so maybe we'll have that later yeah, uh okay here we go then so uh guys me to start well you're going to roll for roll me for you, so. so roll dice here we go and the number is Number two, Jim, what's your song? Number, number two, two, you've probably got this song as well. This is a classic song um, from the 80s, uh, 1984, in fact, off the album Purple Rain. It is When the Doves Cry by Prince. Why do we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like when the doves cry. Right, okay, here we go then. Prince, brilliant. Um... What an artist, what a guy, what a musician, what a talent. Uh, off the album Purple Rain, which is his sixth studio album. Um, this uh, is just, I love this song. Um, I think it's got a great lyric. I think it's got a great chorus. Um, I, I love the, the the line, when the doves cry, because the dove is the bird of peace, isn't it? And then you've got like, it cries because it's just, the, the kind of love and everything is going wrong. Um, it's got a brilliant, uh, brilliant musically. I mean, it, it, it couldn't Prince play like a hundred musical instruments or something? Yeah, he was, he like was proficient and I mean, I mean, yeah, he was absolute virtuoso. And obviously, if you can YouTube anything, you'll see, you'll see him being an absolute master, particularly on it, slaying a guitar. It's amazing. Uh, good song, this Jim. Really good song. Oh, it's a great song. I it's, didn't have it on my list either. It's um, uh, it's been it was number one in uh, nineteen eighty four. It's in uh, it's it's number thirty seven on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest rock songs. Um, uh, it's been used in several things. Uh, I love it in uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet when they uh, uh, the the young lad really belts it out and sings it. Um, it's, uh, it's it's just a great song. Uh, love it. The animal is the dove, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and it's Prince uh, doing what he does best, which is writing and performing an amazing song. It's yeah. really, uh, lyrically, I mean, obviously, we've never talked about him as a musician, but it's lyrically pretty strong as well, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I like it. Why do we scream at each other? That's what it sounds like when doves cry. 
Sometimes maybe I'm, I'm too like, demanding. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm too. Sometimes I'm just like my father, too yeah. old. That, that line kills me every time nowadays. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Um, uh, it, it, it's all about. I, I love that kind of. It, it shows the difference between the generations with that, doesn't it? It mm. shows that uh, your parents are too old and too different, too too set in their ways to get what you're into and to get what the the kind of what's going on. Uh, the zeitgeist, I suppose. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's got it's got it's got everything, and it's got it's, prints, and it's got uh, it has <laughs> got prints, and it's got obviously because prints is really good catchy hooks and melodies a real nice sort of synth part going on it which actually really reminds me of when um uh not the, the hook but it was used a lot in mtv's yeah um mtv had like an advert which sort of synced in a lot of like bands of that era like yeah in excess when they, they kind of merged them together and that they used the when doves cry kind of like um hook which was really, yeah yeah brilliant and hook. kind of the, the that bit in the video where the doves kind yeah of like, yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of opens his eyes. he was bang on for like mt right in the mtv yeah, kind yeah. of like um hub wasn't he when when his his main songs were released was, yeah um he got loads of exposure didn't he yeah i, I think he because he was never his songs were so uh, uh, wide ranging that I think he was very easy to play at varying times on MTV and then later on on VH- VH1 he was kind of a right, yeah. prominent on there as well so what we're doing is we're putting up Prince's When Doves Cry against Meatloaf yeah. and his Bat Out of Hell yep uh, Doves or Bats Doves or Bats what's your, what's your poison <laughs> <laughs> well obviously it's basically it's War and Peace isn't it so mm-hmm. what am I going to go for um, and even though I'm not a fan of uh, Meatloaf I am a fan of Prince, and uh, so this 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 answer is very simple. Is yes, it's clear, it's clearly it's clearly a better song. Um, I mean, if anything, it's just half the length of Meatloaf. <laughs> it's about a third of the length. One nil. One nil. Sorry, sorry. I don't think Meat would be too disappointed with that either. I think it would be. Uh, I think it would happily accept that Doves easily outweigh Bats. Mm. Okay, so here we go. Good me. start. I'm gonna roll for you. Here we go. I'm gonna roll over here because you. Oh, number one. Right. Okay, so I've got them on my list of six, and my first song on my list is. <laughs> okay. All right. So if if this is a category, this is like this is this is my <laughs> this is my kind of wild card novelty. This is the iconic John Shutterworth and Pigeons in Flight. Pigeons in flight. I wanna see. Some might say it's a comedy song, Jim, but I'm deadly serious when I mean this. This is a better song than Meatloaf. Pigeons in Flight. I want to hold you tonight. Obviously, it is, it's a comedy song, but it's a comedy creation, which I, which is fully... <laughs> Graham Fellows is the actor. He's com, com, so, I'm so buying into him that actually I, don't, I actually don't believe in Graham Fellows as the actor and the, the creator of John Shuttleworth, who, if, if anyone's never seen him or, or have never heard of him, YouTube just John Shuttleworth, and you'll obviously see uh, this kind of NHS specs. Uh, sort of old northern guy who, when he started doing it in like 1986, he was yeah. actually, I think the actor who played him was like in his 20s now, obviously a bit like Alan Partridge, Steve Coogan. Mm. He is now the age of supposedly what he was meant to be back in the sort of the day. So he's like late 50s. He's like a novelty act kind of, Singer songwriter, that's his sort of shtick. Casio keyboard. Casio keyboard. Oh, Yamaha, I think it might be now used, but yeah, he uses a keyboard. Had an album called like Yamaha Keyboard, I think. Um, and he writes kind of songs which kind of look at the very sort of mundane, sort of about toasters and cars. And uh, yeah, Pigeons in Flight is a sort of a 
is one of his sort of things he was sort of like looking at. And Pigeons in Flight, I want to see you tonight. He does a great bit towards the end of the song. I mean, they are essentially other lyrics. Pigeons in Flight. Yeah. I want to hold you tonight. Pigeons in Flight. Pigeons in Pigeons. He goes towards the end. He goes a little bit. You know when Cindy Lauper and girls want to have fun goes, they just want to, they just want to. He goes, Pidge Pigeon. <laughs> he goes a little bit, Pidge Pigeon. Very dancey on a dancey floor. <laughs> well, it's it's also classic because I've I've seen him play at a festival, and I think that's the moment when everyone starts almost like, you know, hands in the air, kind of clapping along to bid pigeon, a bid. So you know, it's anthemic. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He kind of um, he's also a very kind of club singer, so he wouldn't. He's really not out of place in kind of like Phoenix Nights and yeah. that kind of era. But obviously, I was quite aware of him when he did a sort of the Saturday Zoo with Jonathan Ross in the early nineties. Yes, that's had, I think he had, he had a weekly slot there, and that's kind of what made yeah. him. I thought. Quite, uh, and he used to do um, uh, Friday night straight Saturday night live on Channel Four, didn't he? With uh, with Ben Penel, the mighty Elton. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, I think he's um, not only is he, is he a fine comedian and a great character, uh, and one of my other favourite songs is "Can't Go Back to Savory Now," mm. which is a classic kind of like almost quite a wistful song. Um, he's a fine songwriter to boot. So uh, yeah, John Strittleworth. Pigeons over bats. Over Pigeons to you, over, over to you, Jim. Well, <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, John Shuttleworth, he's quite niche as well, isn't he? He's like, so, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of people won't know who he is, won't have heard. I mean, this is his big, this is his big song, isn't it? Um, mm. Pigeons in Flight. And lots of people won't have heard it, possibly. Um, but it is a good song. It's, it's very funny. Uh, it, it, in its mundanity, I think that that's kind of where it works. Is it a better song than um, Make Life Better? Well, I've got to be honest with you, uh, I don't think it is. Um, I think if we're looking at... Pidge Pigeon, Pidge Pigeon, come on! I don't think Pidge Pigeon. If we look at musically, the 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 effort that Meatloaf put into Battle of Hell with the keyboard and the guitars and the various other instruments and him and Steinman really got third, <laughs> eked thirteen minutes out of that one, um, and then John Shuttle. You think John Shuttleworth's going to march in Pidge Pigeon his way through? Uh, it is a good song. It is a funny song. It is a novelty song, um, and uh, I think. Unfortunately, well, maybe not fortunately, <laughs> may, maybe Meatloaf isn't going to turn in his grave now but because uh, uh, well, I like Bat of Hell and I think uh, he's going to hit the highway like a battering ram on a silver black phantom bike, which Pidge Pidge is not going to do. <laughs> so there we go. Pidge uh, in your face. I'm then. afraid Meatloaf's got one back there. That's 1-1. One, one. Okay, so there we are, 1-1, one, one, and it's time I roll for you, Jim. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Number four. So what's number four on your list? Number four. Okay, well, here we go. We're going back, all the way back. Uh, going back to the 1950s. This is my oldest one. Uh, this is a song that was written by a guy called uh, Giles Perry Richardson. Do you know who he was? Giles Perry Richardson. Yeah. No, I never heard of him. Hello, baby. <laughs> AKA the Big Bopper. So he wrote this song, um, but it was made famous by a guy called Johnny Preston in 1959. Uh, I really like this song, and I can't, I can't for the life of me tell you why I really like this song. It's a song called Running Bear. White dove with a love big at the sky. Running bear, love little white dove. 
Okay, there we go. Running Bear uh, by Johnny Preston, written by uh, by the Big Bopper. Um, just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just really like this. I, it's a ballad. Um, it's the ballad of Running Bear and Little White Dove, and they're from two uh, rival um, North American Indian tribes uh, who hate each other and say so they can't be in love. It's it's Romeo and Juliet in uh, transposed to. Uh, north america and uh and then the t- they jump in the river to try and swim out to each other and then they're dragged under the water and then they and then they die so uh it's a it's a ballad it's a love song it's a love story uh and um i don't know it just seems to have some some guy in the background going ooga ooga uh, a lot uh, doing doing that kind of doing that kind of drum beat um and uh it's yeah i just there's something about it i really i don't know it's one of those songs it comes on the uh radio uh, here we go the, the, it was the producer bill hall provided the chanting in the background um so, so good on him but uh, yeah it's um uh i find it quite it's just a, it's a classic ballad it's it's got the the kind of drum beat into it it could be any two uh, youngsters in love and there's just yeah there's just something kind of odd and 1950s that it, I like it's about very it. odd and I hadn't <clears throat> actually heard of it till uh, till you said it in fact so I played well, when we had a little listen then it was uh, yeah it's a strange one actually I and mean, you sort of say it's a ballad and it sort of doesn't feel like a ballad no it feels very much like a um I don't know. It's not like a song you could sing, like you'd probably learn at kind of kindergarten. Yeah, it's yeah. American kind of like feel to it. So it's, it would feel like a song you'd learn about a running bear. Yeah, and you'd sing it, and it's not. It doesn't feel quite tragic because obviously it is because the lyrically. Yeah, yeah. Talks about um, sort of the, the river and drowning. But um, we, we talked about it before everyone on the uh, my pre- previous episodes about the sort of the 1950s and sort of that kind of music, and I'm a big fan of like you know Chuck Berry. So uh, yeah. this kind of feels very much at home in that era and that sort of like. Um, sort of country boy or country lifestyle out in the woods out in the yeah. rivers and that's kind of a I kind of I like that sort of storytelling and that kind of um, yeah and I think the way the song is I really like the kind of the, 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 the structure of the song is really good as well yeah I, I did like. think of, as well with the storytelling it, it, it's similar to Bat Out of Hell in that mm. because Bat Out of Hell is very much uh, it a is. story yeah yeah and, and that's there's something about just to go back to Bat Out of Hell quickly just because I suppose we haven't overly talked about the lyrics, but I do find it, um, <laughs> there's something strangely uh, um, misogynistic about the, um, uh, the the lyrics of, uh, I'm, I'm going to be with you tonight, and then in the morning I'm going to be gone, I'm going to be off on my bike, and I'm going to leave you in the, uh, leave you there. and Yeah, and part of me goes, <coughs> I'm not, yeah, because Steinman wrote the lyrics, isn't that right? We, yeah. We, we assume, that is correct, I think isn't so, it? yeah. The sort of the Boney... Uh, Boney? The Boney M. Boney M. Boney M wrote the lyrics. The Boney Topan. Topan. Him. The Bernie to the elder. The, fe- the fella, yeah. <laughs> I forget his name. Um, and it does feel like, I'm not sure... I mean, I, I, you don't have to necessarily believe Meatloaf as the sort of the protagonist, but no. he, he very much performs it as this is... He is the main man, and um, I'm not sure what the point was I was making there, but it was something to do with. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics. Remember the extensive <laughs> musical knowledge we talked about at the beginning? <laughs> there it is, right there. I forgot what I was talking about. 
do you know what put me off? It was that image of meatloaf and his sort of his big sweaty sort of like shirt leaning forward. And then I suddenly thought, God, he is he is quite a, he's quite a striking man, isn't he? He is. He's uh, his. Do you know what his confidence is? What makes him? Uh, That's it. A it's exactly what he is. Attractive man. He but he, he he's believable in in as much that I he's he's so committed to the role. Yeah. Yeah, he's I think committed he, to being he, meatloaf. Yeah. He, he really does. He, he he really works it, doesn't he? Hundred yeah. percent of being of being you the character. Talking about John Shuttleworth being a character, <laughs> meatloaf is a character. That's true. That is true. Um, but Ugga Ugga, running running birth, little white dove, back to the doves, back to the doves again. Oh, I've only had a song by the doves to, by the to, doves. to, to sort of <laughs> round it all off. Um, okay, right. I mean, you'd have to come up with a real stinker for me for me to go. <laughs> it's not a good, as good as um, as Meatloaf. And do you know what? I've never heard this song before, and for that reason, and for the fact that I think it is a better song, I'm going to say it is better. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it always makes me happy when I'm able to bring you a song that you haven't heard before. I, uh, there's something something in, within that that I always think is. It's not even uh, a case of I've never I've never, I've never heard of the yeah. sort of the the title of the song no it's not like I know the song oh yeah I know that I've never heard it I've never I've never heard of the title I've never heard of the song I, could, I couldn't tell you where I, where I initially heard it but I, it's a song that I kind of I don't know but I just must have heard it on the radio once years ago and then just kind of enjoyed it there we go ever since there we go so. alright 2-1 okay here we go then this is your chance to redeem yourself uh, you've got a two. You haven't had a two before. Here's Didn't a, I have two. a two last time. No, you had a one last. Did time. have a one yeah, last, time. One last yeah, but, time? But it was a song two. The song two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is confusing. Uh, so my song, which is the fourth song of the episode, is uh, okay. Good. It's actually really you really swerved around all my kind of songs, which I I knew probably definitely would definitely get. Um, I think a better. And this one, this one I like, but I'm not sure. We'll see, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm talking it down already. Uh, it's by the uh, the legendary Scottish artist Al Stewart, and it is Year of the Cat. And you're bound to leave her, but for now you're gonna stay in the year of the cat. So Al Stewart. Always get confused with when I say Al Stewart with like Dave Stewart and Al, Al Green. Al Green. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I say Al Stewart, you're the cat, I always think, which one is it again? Al Dave Stewart, Al Green, well, and Al Stewart. He, wasn't Alex Stewart, the England wicket keeper? I think so, yeah, yeah. And possibly there's a footballer called Alex Stewart as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure football, Scottish, I think there is, Scottish actually, International. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ali McCoy. Uh, that's the one. Um, <laughs> 1976. So you know, I'm really, I'm really sticking with my sort of like <laughs> current songs here. I've gone from the 80s back to the 70s. Uh, I do apologise, everyone. I no, just said the 50s. So. <laughs> That's true. But, but I tend to. I think my average kind of like decade is sort of the 80s when I, when I do a song. Anyway, 1976. The song was written, uh, recorded at Abbey Road, and I mean, I suppose ultimately this was kind of his main song that everyone knows him for and I, I'm, and he's still alive and he still performs and I guarantee everyone's kind of goes there based on either the fact that they either love him a lot or they just know this one song listen to, <laughs> listen to the rubbish rest of the set and waits for this on the encore yeah oh yeah because you know this will be always be at the end yeah absolutely 100% or, or he's being a bit of a git and he plays it the first one and everyone goes oh is that it <laughs> walks out stadium clears out Sta- I say stadium, stadium. I say. The local back room of local yeah. pub. The local arts centre um, 
I like I me. Mean, I like the song. Again, I, I know I've poo-pooed uh, structure of the song. I poo-pooed bat, bat Out of Hell for starting off and taking mm. about five years to get going. This takes a couple of minutes before the lyrics kind of kick in. Um, what it does do successfully, it goes, these are the chords of the song. And it goes round. And it goes round and round and round. Deviates a little bit for sort of the bridge and the chords, just very slightly, but pretty much the song is what it is. The chords are there. It's got the guitar, the piano. It's very, it's very 70s. Um, it is really you mentioned 70s. when we heard I it mean, then. This is really 70s. Really 70s. You mentioned it sounds a bit like Cat Stevens. Yeah. And, um, do you know what? It, vocally, and I, and I really like the way he sings it. It's sort of fairly kind of like, it's kind of casual talking, very reminiscent of Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. Um, Steely Dan as well. It kind of makes me feel. Yeah. Like sort of, his, his voice is that kind of, like you said, that like uh, relaxed, uh, easygoing. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, I think, um, and I think that's basically what I liked about him was uh, it's a great set, great chords, first of all. Uh, I've got like, the lyrics as well. I mean, it's obviously, he's talking about a kind of a love affair and you with the cat is possibly two things. Obviously, I think yeah. cat, cat sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a feline and the, the cat's about, the song's about kind of a woman he's, he's sort of seducing. Uh, and there's possibly, an, it was written in 1975, I think, when, um, which is the year of the cat, apparently. Um, what was your year, by the way? Oh, mine, mine was the year of the rat, apparently, 1977. Uh, I was born in 1975. Oh, so your, your year of the rat, but cat. No, I think, didn't you say that? Oh, it was the Vietnamese, Vietnamese, not the Chinese. Chinese okay. is, I'm sounding rubbish, like twig. Yeah, It's a rabbit, I think it's rabbit or something pointless. Oh, right, so we'll find out in a second. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so um, I mean that, that's that's obviously the link to the to the theme of the, of the episode. But um, you played the first ever Glastonbury. Did you know that? Nineteen seventy. I didn't know that. New Yoko Ono before John Lennon knew her, yeah. uh, and he shared a flat with with a young Paul Simon. So you know he's very much of that kind of era. Um, but is like I say, he didn't he didn't go anywhere hang on, else. Hang on, go on. This is Al Stewart. Did he turn up to Paul Simon and say, "You can call me Al"? Is this the guy? That is the inspiration. You can call me Betty. And Betty, so, I can call you. <laughs> but did you, sorry, I'm going to sidetrack Go on, here. go on, go on. Did you ever see Paul Simon interviews on Wogan? Ah, Terry Wogan. Uh, on Wogan's TV show. And Paul Simon said, when he, he said to him, what's this song about then? He said, well, basically, I was running throwing this party and I met this bloke who said, oh, oh you remember me, don't you? You remember me? How's your wife? How's Betty? How's Betty, your wife? Yeah. No, you remember? You call me Al. Yeah, it's me, Al. Uh, I used to be your bodyguard. Uh, you know, I'm your long lost friend. We've known each other for years. And he said that like, basically this bloke turned up at his party. Is this the bloke who it's, turned up at the party? It's not. It's yeah. not, sadly. No, no, no. But uh, but as you said it, I was hoping it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've looked, I just looked it up. Apparently, no, it's not. It was when uh, it was French composer... Pierre Boulet, who was attending the same party, mistakenly referred to Paul as Al. Oh, uh, right. And to Peggy, who was his then wife, Paul's then wife, as Betty. Right. Uh, there was, uh, I knew there was something in there. Oh, wouldn't that be great, though? That would have been brilliant. If it, if it was, this was a definite win. <laughs> <laughs> if, but that would do. Damn it. We could have lied. Change Wikipedia. We'll just ma- oh, edit wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, all right, I'm going to keep, keep the tape rolling. We'll re- Is he <laughs> Al from You Can Call Me Al? No. Oh. <laughs> But if, if he was Al from uh, You Can Call Me Al, uh, he could have, his career could have been way bigger than it oh, was. I think it would have been. I mean, certainly he'd had a tour called I Am Al. I'm Al. <laughs> he called me Al, the picture of him pointing at Paul Simon. Pointing at, yeah, <laughs> I'm with Al. Um, t- okay, 
Final points. Okay, so I like the song. I told you about the, the chords I really like. I like his vocal, vocal style. I think the lyrics are quite interesting. Uh, it's got two, not one, two great guitar solos. It starts off with a very nice acoustic, yeah. sort of Spanishy kind of sounding, uh, very crisp, very clean guitar. Then, which then kind of goes straight into very boldly doesn't doesn't have a song, a verse or a kind of chorus between. Goes straight into a guitar, so, an electric guitar solo. Um, boldly goes into an electric guitar. Solo. <laughs> boldly <laughs> goes where no one no <laughs> one should go. <laughs> uh, and, and then. Throws in a saxophone at the end. Throws it in. Before bringing it all back together to back to the song. Back to the a- again, very, uh, you know, we were talking about Jerry Rafferty and, mm. uh, well, was, you know, that, that kind of feel to the song, isn't it? You know, throws in a saxophone, he's right in there with a bit of Baker Street. So, um, <coughs> it's a, it's a, what I like about it is basically it's a well-written song, perfectly kind of structured, uh, lyrically great, vocally sound, song excellent, and um, I rest my case, Millard. <laughs> Right, okay. Um, it's really dull, this song, though, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, you can throw in your five-minute guitar solo that boldly goes where no man has gone before into another electric not, not guitar bad, solo. Not but... <laughs> the piano solo in Battle of Hell, where he really... And then he mops his head with his handkerchief. No, that's, not, that's not part of the song. That's just him. That's theatrical. That's part of the song. Okay. I love you know. <laughs> that's for, that's it's well scripted. Everything, everything he does. Um, I don't know. I, I've got to be honest with you. I do. I do know this song, and I find it really dull. Um, so I'm sorry. It's a definite no. It's always fun to come up with these kind of left field kind of ones, which I think John Shuttleworth very mm. very much was, and the, and that's the point of the podcast really is to come up with silly songs as well because it's like we always say you could sit here and go right I've got full Beatles we could have come in with I Am The Walrus Octopus's Garden uh, Blackbird as you said you know there's just so much you can throw in Wild Horses Rolling Stones yeah there's there's so much out there Um, so it's always fun to come up with other stuff but I just yeah I've got to be honest there's The Year of the Cat is just a song that I find really so are you going to tell Paul or me about Betty? <coughs> <laughs> so, what's that? Is that 2-2? Two, 2-2. Two, two. Two, two. So this is the decider. Desmond whether, R.I.P. This is Desmond R.I.P. Whether, whether um, it's... Uh, is it Marvin Adler, his real name, Meatloaf? Are we talking about Desmond 2-2? <laughs> <laughs> the episode where we get everyone's name wrong is it al is it betty is it betty tutu (laughs) (laughs) oh dear sorry sorry i really don't i really (laughs) next nelson mandela's real name brian green (laughs) is it no apparently not al means brother about you at the gap yeah (laughs) oh Sorry, I got all confusing. Know, when you don't drink as much as that, as soon as you have a couple of pints, you really lose it. It's two, two, and it is now the decider <laughs> as to whether um, Meatloaf, whatever, <coughs> whatever his real name was, uh, gets the better of us. Marvin Tutu. Marvin Tutu. Okay, here we go. And we, I have thrown you a six. Six. Excellent. This is it. This one's for the millennials. If you don't like this, the younger viewers, listeners... <laughs> 
we'll um, we'll definitely say this is a better song. Right, here we go. She's from Australia, um, and uh, she started her career busking. Uh, this is a brilliant song uh, by Tones and I, Dance Monkey. Okay, there we go. The excellent um, Dance Monkey by Tames and I. Uh, I'd, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. I think it's a really, really good song. I really like her voice in it. She's got that really kind of gravelly, odd kind of singing style. Um, I, I like the lyrics. I like the fact that, uh, you know, I, you, that, that kind of I'm not your dancing monkey, that kind of thing. Um, she, she said she wrote it. Uh, she got the lyric from when she was busking and she felt that people would go, yeah, do it again, play another one, yeah, play another one, play that one again, play the same one, play the same one. And she, yeah, so she was like kind of, a, you know, I'm not your performing monkey. Uh, um, I'm here to try and do what I'm trying to do. Uh, it was a massive smash all over the world. It was number one in this country. Um, it broke the record in America for a uh, um, uh, female artist at number one. Um first uh, top five hit by a woman in over eight years uh, in, in the UK singles chart written by a woman um, so yeah just uh, honestly I just it's one of those songs that um, it's weird as you get older you look at the modern songs and you kind of think oh, they're just not really for me anymore are they that's a really sad thing to say um, but as you, you kind of I don't know it's a, it's one of the things I've kind of felt there's a lot of things that I listen to like grime music and I hear that and I kind of think yeah okay 20 30 years ago I'd have probably loved it but it's just not really my it's not made for me I'm not the target audience I think mm. that part of that becoming a media teacher you kind of being a media teacher you kind of understand that you're not the target audience for yeah. those things and so you, wh why are you going to like it um it's not you, i think it's not your rebellion anymore mm. but this is a song that is um <clears throat> is uh you I, I can access and i can enjoy and i can really like and uh uh, it's nice having it on in the in, in you know in the background. It's nice having it on in the car. It's something I listen to. I feel that it, you know if if we ever were allowed to go out again and go dancing and things like that, you know that it's a song that I can dance to and enjoy and and, and kind of be part of and not feel like the oldest man in the room trying to be cool again. Um, but uh, as a song, I think it's really good. I like the way that it, you know the music. Uh, she she was doing. She was a bit of a John Shuttleworth mm. in her busking days, wasn't she? <laughs> she had like a kind of... I, I don't know what she... I've not I seen know, her she had, it, a bit, she, had, she had a keyboard that she, and right. she just kind of plays along with the keyboard and I think when you listen to the song, that kind of ding, 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 mm. ding, ding, the, the simplicity of that, uh, the, the tune in the, uh, the, that kind of runs through it is really good. Her voice carries it. Um, I have to say, I'm not a massive fan of her other stuff, but I think this... It, you know when you have those songs that is like it, songs I wish I would have written, and this is this is kind of one of those for me that is up there. I do really like this song. Yeah, it's a it's a, do you know it's, it is an odd song. Uh, it's an sorry, I think it's an odd song, yeah. but in a, in a not in a disparaging way. Like it is, it's a. I think her voice is quite strange. In yeah, fact. Um, and it always reminds me, and every time I hear it, I always think, is that Paloma Faith or someone like quite a, quite a high, almost jazzy. Um, and I know it's not her, 
Yeah. Like, I always have that kind of split thinking the second because I was because I don't know who. She, in fact, until you said her name, I never actually knew the, the name of oh, the okay. artist at all. I always heard on the radio with my kids and stuff, and I always, always said it's quite nice. I always thought it was playing the mm. fate. Um but I never investigated who it was. Um, but I, I do like her voice. I do like I do like this actual song. I like the, again, I like this. Like you said the the, uh, the piano kind of um, it has this sort of feel to um, what's the song about? Uh, I need a dollar by Allo. It's yeah, Allo yeah, Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has that kind of ding 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 kind of very kind of straightforward on the sort of beat. Um, sort of a piano chords being played. Yeah, I um, think that kind of hook in it is mm. really. Um, uh, it, it kind of gets stuck in your head, doesn't it? Yeah, ding, it's, ding, it's just ding, very repetitive, ding. isn't it? Um, and that, and that lyric, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of just keeps playing in your head, playing in your yeah. head. Yeah. So it's it's actually it's a it's a good it's a proper earworm, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I think, uh, and that's probably why mate, it got to sort of the, the heights that it did, sold the numbers that it did. But um, yeah, interesting. And she's Australian. And I was, I, you know, what? I would never have guessed <laughs> that at all. Not that you have this matters at all, but um. I can't think of another previous number one Australian from the last sort of ten years. I mean, I'm, I'm Kay- thinking Kylie Minogue. Apart from Kylie, Kylie Minogue, obviously. Yeah. But certainly that sort of genre, Crowded House. That genre, Brit <laughs> McCordroy. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> no, you do. Oh, yeah. Brit <laughs> prison. Um, um, oh, that's a good, mm, interesting song. <clears throat> well, I feel, as I said, I span the years. You know, I've gone ultra modern to ultra. 50s. Yeah, well, I've just gone from <coughs> 70s to 80s. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a couple of years in between. Um, is it better than... Well, I, you know what? And again, you probably... You can guess where I'm going with this, can't you? You know? I think I laid out my stall fairly, fairly early on with... <laughs> I with, really with loved him. out with it. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of chalk and cheese because I really like Battle of Hell. Yeah. Yeah, really exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it might have been different if it was... I had three songs and you had two and it was a song that yeah. you, you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, the as we said before though, just before you make your arbitrary yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to put my judge's wig on. <coughs> like, okay, one second. One but second. as we said before, the, the dice really um, didn't do you any favours. You, you had one which is ultimately a novelty act, mm. as good as it is, and then you had a song that I really dislike. So <laughs> Shocking. The Shocking. So, a, a song that I really... Uh, dislikes wrong or I just don't have any love for against a song that I do really like so yeah so in essence in essence uh, <laughs> uh, Dance Monkey yes Bat Out of Hell no excellent so well, there you that's, go that's good I'm, I'm pleased with that I've come up with three there I mean I think I was I was on a winner anyway <laughs> Yeah, I'd have had to pull out a real stinker. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think you were. There's some three good songs. I mean, I had. Well, should I talk about the other four I had? So it was three, three, two to uh, well to us. Um, And I had. I mean, again, you would have probably gone actually. Well, let's read them out. You say yes or no. So the first song I had was "We Are the Pigs" by Suede, which I'm not sure you're familiar with massively, but it's the second album. Dogman Star. It was the first single they released off that first second yeah, album. I don't. I know, obviously know Sway. It was of the Brit uh, pop. Yeah, time, so but I don't, that's not a song that. That was, I, that was one of my because I really love Sway and that was one of the, my favorite albums of theirs and um, not a favorite song from the album, but it was, it was quite a good they song. They were kind of tarnished for me because when I first went to college, 
um, one of the guys I went to college with absolutely hated suede and would you, and he was like someone I was really good friends with and so when your first introduction to suede is someone going how much they hate them and how much they hate Brett, Brett Anderson it kind of tarnishes you for forever really yeah, and, fair enough. Uh, and then kind of you listen to stuff back again you go actually that's alright yeah. why, why I just didn't listen I, to yeah, it I, I, I was big big suede, suede fan um, first album second album gutty when Bernard Butter left couldn't believe he left uh, and for me that kind of ruined him but but you know there you go um, so that's my, my other song I had of the four that I didn't get picked uh, I had um, Hungry Like the Wolf Duran Duran yeah I had that I thought you song. would have had that yeah, yeah. Uh, I had Karma it wasn't one of my six actually oh was it not okay it, yeah. so another one of my six was Karma Chameleon come on brilliant song brilliant I, that, song that was close for me but I didn't put that in in the end but that's that would have easily uh, and the last one I had was Crocodile Rock had that, that which was, I that which I hundred percent right knew you would have had. So. That was right. That was right in there for my. And in fact, that's that was unlucky that that didn't come out for yeah. for both of us. Really, that was. I mean, that's a that's a wonderful, wonderful song. Amazing. What so? What three songs did you not have? Uh, well, Crocodile Rock was my other, one of my other ones, uh, and uh, Atomic Dog by uh, Bill Clinton and the P Funk Cool Stars. The uh, um, Snoop Doggy Dog sampled it. Um, uh, for that and then I did <laughs> which is probably a bit like your year of the cat is uh, <laughs> horse with no name which as much as I hate year of the cat I quite like horse with no name I don't know why I don't know why because they're the very same turgid whining <laughs> that goes on and I, don't, I don't know why I like one and hate the other but that, there you go they, they, so those are my six, but I did have a few others like, like you say, Karma Chameleon didn't quite yeah. make the list, but that was that was bloody close because that's a good song. Hungry like the wolf, and then uh, I'm the Walrus, Hound Dog, Elvis oh, Presley, yeah, big, yeah. That, um, Monkey Man, the specials, uh, which I really like, um, and uh, obviously uh, Lion Sleeps Tonight by Type Fit. <laughs> So, Are we on Bumbleway? So uh, <laughs> you had your Uga Booga was going. Yeah, Uga. Um, I, I thought if I'm going with the Ugas, then I can't go with the We on Bumbleway. No, fair enough. You got to keep it limited. Another one I did have. Sorry, just to just before we come in, there is uh, Love Cats by The Cure, which I do really like. Um, strange. I suppose I. I kind of secretly liked The Cure when I was young. Uh, again, that was another one that was tarnished. My brother hated The Cure, or seemed to, and uh, uh, so it was one of those ones that I kind of yeah, no, didn't, didn't really like. My wife suggested that, but I think she called it like, like Funny Cats. Got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> funny Cats. <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Um, and uh, one we should heard from some from my brother Simon Mary. He said Nelly the Elephant. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was God. That was number one as well, yeah, of wasn't it? it was. Yeah, it's class. I mean, that's right up there with with pigeons and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my brother also said Rat in the Kitchen. Oh, that is a good song as well. What are you gonna do? That's a really good. That's a really good song. He died as well, didn't he? Astro, uh, the guy oh, who yeah, who sang that, and that was only very recent. Um, Quite a few people die, haven't we? Over the yes, last few months, the Alan Lancaster, the status quo's original bass player, died. Uh, Mike Nesbitt from Monkeys died. Yeah, that's a real shame. Mike <clears> bit. Yeah, um, he was. Uh, yeah, he was my favourite. I think. I think he was. He looked. He looked the most not interested in being a monkey. I love the fact that he was And the monkeys. I, have I ever told you my link to the monkeys? I think I'm, I might have done this. I once went out with a girl who uh, David Jones lived where I grew up and I once went out with a girl who uh, rode horses at his stables and looked after his horses 
Um, and I've been to see David James. Uh, David James, I saw do a brilliant. Um, he was in uh, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, and he played the uh, uh, devil character, the one that Chris Miles okay, plays. Yeah, thinking yeah. that was David Jones, and uh, and yeah, I I really liked. Well, weirdly, I I liked Peter Talk when I was young. I always mm. liked David Jones, and I really liked Mike Desperate. I don't know what I've got against Mickey Dunn, <laughs> but he's just not my not really for me. But the others, I yeah, really liked him. Ronnie Spector and the Ronettes <coughs> died, obviously. Yes, there's um, been a lot of stuff on the BBC for her, hasn't there? Yeah, um, I mean, Calvin Simon, former Parliament Funkadelic member, he died as well. Andy Ross, I know he's not a musician, but he was the, he uh, ran Food Records, which signed Blur, um, was obviously fairly fairly instrumental in that whole kind of like band. Yeah. Coming quite big. I, I mean, I know this podcast is... We've beaten Meatloaf, but that was, uh, that was actually, uh, you know, that was someone who genuinely quite sad mm. to to see go he's another one he kind of i think he'll transcend um time for different reasons but he's kind of up, he he is for stature he's definitely up there with the the likes of bowie and uh um you know people like that it, it, the, the kind of he is rock and roll alias. yeah he had kind of a he had a quite an interesting life and he was like mm. I say, he was larger than life wasn't he i mean he was literally sort of a big personality in and that. kind of that style that whole rock opera style mm. he he did that 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 was kind of him and like it or not uh, lots of people did like it and and i think that's you know when you're someone that is creating your own style and creating your own your own thing um that's got to be commended and also he worked with Cher, who's uh, who does it for the Armenians. So I'm always in. I always like a bit of Cher. He's, he's worked with <coughs> a lot of people, hasn't he? I think. In yeah. fairness, um, he was quite intense, wasn't he? Yeah, he I was think very that's, intense. That's kind of the, what, what I think what comes out of a lot of uh, people's experiences being with Meatloaf. He was very intense. There's that. Did you see? Have you seen that bit that was doing the rounds with him and? Um, uh, was it Abby Murray? Yeah, yeah, yeah Abby Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like singing it. You know, don't. <laughs> Don't mess with the loaf because the loaf. Will, the, it, it's one of those things, you, you know. It, and he takes it in the right way, and he realizes he, he you know, he's just going to go and be meatloaf. And those sort of yeah. Dennis Pennessy, uh, Avid Merriany kind of things he's aren't going to work no, because he's going to outweigh. He's going to out crazy you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring the weirdness because it will get weirder. Excellent. Um, well, listen, that's it. That's the end of the episode. So, well done to us. Yeah, well done to uh, us. Classic song, as always. Uh, ideas for next classic song, always welcome to us at Five Better Podcast. I think we've got one, haven't we? we, we there was one. Oh, we, we were going to we, we we we? do another podcast until this one. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, Mick yeah, okay. died. So, we brought that one in and we were going to use uh, Billy Joel, weren't we? Well, no, so Billy Joel was... Um, we didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. We didn't. There was rumours. He had some matches, but it definitely wasn't him. <laughs> so, um... Well, let's go with that then. Okay. Mm. And that's uh, if anyone's listening to this and you want to, <laughs> if anyone ever listens to this and you want to add thoughts to that one, um, that's uh, songs with famous people mentioned. Yeah, because, mentions because he like mentions everybody. Every single, every person ever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, cool. Well, there you go. So at Five Better Podcast, uh, subscribe, like, uh, tell your friends, do whatever, you know, contribute, give us a message and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you again next time. Yeah, happy days. That was a good one. Enjoyed that. Yeah, nice and, one, uh, RIP meet. Bye. 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 Bye.